Well, good afternoon, everyone. Want to give you a big, huge, warm welcome on this deliciously <laughs> wonderful, sunny Wednesday afternoon here in Walls End. Why? Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Want to welcome each and every one of you here to this Looking Up program for this afternoon, especially my co-host, Sharissa, <laughs> the wonderful Sharissa, is here again to keep me on track and Shell. <laughs> if Sharissa can't do it on her own, then Shell, our producer, she's also keeping me on track. So <laughs> it's it's going to be another wonderful um, program this afternoon and I'm so glad that you have chosen to be part of our number. We're going to be looking at some incredibly exciting prophecies in the Bible once again, Sharissa. I'm looking Can't up. Wait. I've been looking forward to this all week. Absolutely. We're going to be comparing two incredible events that took place almost 2,000 years apart. And uh, just uh, it's just going to be a wonderful Bible study. So we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation in particular. Um, so stay tuned. We're going to have another wonderful study as we journey through the book of Daniel. That's what we've been doing. We've been journeying through the book of Daniel, and um, we're going to continue with that today. So if you haven't joined us before, this may be your very first time. A big warm welcome, and you can catch up on some of the previous uh, programs uh, if you'd like to on our Faith FM website. So go to faithfm.com.au. That's faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there and um, look for Looking Up, and you will find us there. So all the previous programs are there. Now, Sharissa, if people want to contact us, they want to ask a question, they want to put in their prayer request, whatever the case may be, we do have a giveaway as well. We do. Tell us all about that. Well, we have a giveaway, and there's a new way that we're going to be giving it away. Um, the way that we're going to give away the giveaway is, if you haven't already... Don't give it away. <laughs> no, I won't give okay, it away. I, no, give it away, because you've got to tell them. <laughs> so it's going to be, we've got two uh, copies of the giveaway, and it's going to go to the first caller in or text or in or the fourth person that calls or texts, which means uh, if you aren't the first or, the, or if you're not the second or the third, you've still got a chance. So Praise call and Lord. text away. Praise the Lord. So what are the numbers? The number to call is 1-800-324-843 and the number to text is 0491064669. There's a code word. Is there going to be a code word? There should be a there code word. There will be a code word, but you'll have to listen up and we will give you, we'll give you that code word as we go along. We'll also tell you what it is as we go along. <laughs> Absolutely. But in the meantime, in the meantime, sit back and enjoy Robbie Morgan. He has this beautiful song of his latest album, Unlearn. So sit back and enjoy. And we'll fully spurn our false ideologies. When will the tallies of the slain?
see just the same blood runs through our own veins. But we study our wars till we know nothing more. Aren't we misinformed? Well, I long for the day we are unloved. And when will we learn to play for more than keeps? When will Children, instead of blood, run down our streets. When will our insatiable lust for self give way? When will we, like children, Embrace each other's pain But we study our wars So we know nothing more Aren't we misinformed? Well, I long for the day We are first song Sharissa what do you think uh, I feel unlearned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great <laughs> I was born unlearned and I haven't moved from there <laughs> 
No, that was Robbie Morgan. So um, that's his first song, we understand. We've been told by our producer, Shell, that's his very first song that he has um, produced, um, written. Has he written that song himself? He's written that so. and um, the music as well. Or Yeah, wonderful. Go, Robbie. And, he wrote um, it and he put it to music and he sang it. That is quite amazing. It is. That is quite amazing. So um, praise the Lord for that. Good on you, Robbie. Well done. And this is our own Robbie Morgan from Faith FM, and he has his show every Thursday afternoon. Yeah. 3.30 to 5.30. So tomorrow afternoon, make sure you tune in if you haven't uh, tuned into his show, um, 3.30 to 5.30 on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So good on you, Robbie. All right. Well, in this segment, in this segment, we just simply catch up on yeah, just a few things that have been taking place during the week, or or some or some goings on in the world, the political, religious world, um, economic, social world, uh, whatever, um, and how they impact on on what the show is all about, which is looking up, which is based on the words of Jesus. When you see all these things. Come to pass, look up, because your redemption draws near. That's Luke 21, 28. Amen. So, um, Sharissa, you were part of, uh, I guess, uh, a first ever virtual event. So do you want to tell us about that? I was. um, On the weekend, the first virtual global Adventist camp meeting was held Online, and wow. it was attended by people from all over the world, and uh, yeah, I got to be one of them, and got to uh, hear some wonderful workshops from people, even on like how to um, share your faith, um, listening to um, sermons on how to preach, even, and how to... Um, grow your church, things like this, practical things, and it was really good. But not only that, I got to participate in the first virtual global camp meeting prayer room. Wow. And it lasted for four days straight, literally. Like you could go into that Zoom room at any time and find over 60 people. Some points it was 150, like between 60 and 150 I saw it go for, from, of people just praying. And wow. it was very powerful. So, so how did that work? How did the praying in the prayer room work. Yes. Um, yeah, how did, how, how did that like sort of work, the logistics of it? Yeah, good question. So they had, so there is this ministry which uh, we're a part of here in this conference. It's called the 24-7 United Prayer Ministry. And the goal of it is based on a quote from a book called In Heavenly Places. And the author there writes, a chain of earnest praying believers should encircle the world. And so you, the idea is to have prayer calls spaced out, you know, at each half hour slot to pray for 30 minutes. And so at the moment, I think there's like 20 different calls, but we're aiming to have 48 different calls so that in every time zone, in every hour, there'll be people praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So it's every half an hour. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So basically there was this marathon of different teams. So there was a French team, a Europe team, a South Pacific team, and we were handing over the the reins the whole time. It was... Forget about handing over the Olympics uh, (laughs) torch. torch. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it felt like. This is the real torch. 
But it was such a wonderful experience because at the end, you know, people shared their highlights of the camp meeting. Mm. And I think because in the virtual prayer room, you were actually talking with other people. Yeah. You couldn't do that in the other parts of the camp meeting. Uh, people felt a rich blessing and um, yeah, lives were changed just from virtual prayer. So if anyone listening would be interested in experiencing it, yeah. uh, they can actually go to this website, 247unitedprayer1word.org, and you can find there a list to all all the United Prayer calls around the world, and you can actually click on one and join it. Join the South Pacific one any day. It's um, at seven thirty a.m. and you'll be joining what we had uh, for twenty-four hours at the virtual camp meeting. Wow! So, do you want to repeat that website again? Yeah, the website is two four seven. So the numerals two four seven. Correct. Okay. Numerals two four seven unitedprayer.org. Wow. Okay. So there you go. I'm, I'm planning on, yeah, jumping on there and having a look. So, so, so our prayer time here in the South Pacific uh, kicks off at 7.30 in yes. the morning. Yes, we host the 7.30 a.m. Sydney time prayer slot. And that goes for how long, for half an hour? Half an hour. Half an hour, wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's exciting. It's amazing what we can do. Yeah. And in this day and age, um, and I, 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 I really do believe that, you know, with the advent of technology and to the degree where we can be connected. Literally, you can connect with anyone around the world at any time and, and groups of people can connect, like you said, through this virtual mm-hmm. camp meeting mm-hmm. and this virtual prayer time. We've never had that capability no, that's in right. all of human history. This is probably one of the best things that came out of COVID. Absolutely, like yeah. Bringing people together in prayer. Absolutely. And um, so, so I really do believe this is a sign that Jesus is coming very soon because uh, Jesus said the gospel will go to the whole world and then the end will come. That is the final and the greatest of all the signs. And so I believe that, yeah, we're on the cusp of the coming of Jesus. And, you know, talking about the coming of Jesus, there's so much going on um, in the world at any given time. There is, yeah, there is, um, there are so many changes taking place. So many changes, uh, so, yeah, so many changes taking place. And I'm having to, I'm having to Google more and more, Sharissa, um, different terms, uh, in order to come to terms with, with, with what some of these, um, what are you news go- articles. What are you Googling now, Danny? <sighs> well, I was, I was, I was Googling, um, I haven't, I haven't written it down here. I've got it, I've got it somewhere. Uh, but I was Googling, uh, it's called something along the lines of, uh, Race theory, something race theory. You know what I'm talking about? Critical, uh, critical, critical race, race theory. theory. Yeah, yes. critical race theory. I was, I came across that in an article today, and so I'm like, what on earth is that? Critical race theory. And um, so I googled it, and I discovered it's a, it's a movement that sort of got up and going in the last few decades, and it's really picked up a lot of steam in the last little bit. Um, and yeah, it's just looking to, I guess. Uh, reinterpret as best as I could get it. Uh, reinterpret, um, you know, how we, how we understand, um, race relations, you know, um, especially in the wake of, you know, some of the things that have taken place there, especially in the United States. They're sort of, you know, leading the charge. And so it really is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really turning upside down what we have always believed and um and known especially from a christian point of view because when i when i look at this critical race theory it appears to me based on what i've read briefly and i only just did that today i want to maybe look into it a little bit more but it it does um 
it, it does not really um, fit in with what the Bible says. Mm. And the Bible simply says that we are all part of the human race. There isn't such a thing as, um, you know, different races that need to be treated differently. We're all part of the human race. Jesus Christ, he came and died for the human race. And in fact, it says, you know, the gospel in Revelation 14, verse 6, needs to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Mm. So it needs to go to everyone. And like we used to sing in Sabbath school, some people used to sing it in Sunday school, you know, red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious in his sight. And so this idea of um, of some uh, feeling that, uh, you know, there is just this um, inherent uh, discrimination that is part of whatever your skin color is, it's just built in within you, I don't believe that's very helpful. And that's mm-hmm. causing more division and it's a distraction from what God wants us to do. So I don't know how much you know about it, what you want to say about well, it. Well, kind of I was going to springboard from that to something connected but not. Um, it's just the devil working to, like it's it's the devil working to destroy us from, yeah. <laughs> cause us to destroy one another uh, through hate. But uh, on that note, mm. I watched an amazing movie. It's called Charmed by Darkness. And guess what? It's the life story of Roger Monod. Oh wow! Yeah, they've, they've got a movie of Roger Moore yeah, who was yeah. the prayer warrior. It's like a she- it's like a movie or a documentary kind of thing, um, but yeah, if anyone's interested for some good viewing material, Roger Moore's story, Charmed by Darkness, it's a documentary drama. Uh, it's well worth the watch. Wow! Yeah, because he's got an amazing story from from being heavily involved in the occult and satanic worship yes. uh, to where he became a spiritual champion for the Lord, leading hundreds, thousands of people to the Lord, especially through prayer. I mean, he was a prayer warrior. He sure was, and uh, he's just, written some great books, hasn't he? Yes, incredible answers to prayer. And he, when you need more incredible answers to prayer, and a trip into the supernatural, yes, I think was his, yeah. his original book of his testimony. Yeah, oh, it was just amazing. But yeah, just. On what you were saying, you can see how behind the scenes the devil is working to to destroy society, to destroy all good things. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about you know uh, changes taking place, just uh, another one that that came across my um, email today, and that is in Finland. In Finland, there up in the in the Nordic region, uh, we have we have a minister, as in as in a political minister, so a politician um, working, yeah, obviously working there in Parliament, who are who who is Christian. This woman, she's a Christian, and for simply sharing her views on marriage and the family and on gender based on scripture, not not doing it in a in a derogatory way or in an obnoxious or or whatever, you know, in a nasty way, just simply sharing her views. She has now been charged by the prosecution, by the public prosecutor of Finland, and for each one, I think they've laid three charges on her, and for each one of those charges, she could spend up to two years in prison. Wow. Two years in prison for simply, and she's a politician, so she's part of the political establishment there in Finland, and she can be taken to prison for simply stating her, her views and, and, and opinions. And basically um, it's called, where am I here? I'm just trying to find it here. Um, it was called not, not, not hate speech. They had a different word for it. Here we go, ethnic agitation. 
Mm. Ethnic agitation. That if is it, a new word. If it wasn't in the article, if it wasn't in the article, and I knew the context of ethnic agitation, I would have to, I'd have to Google that mm. as well. And so, um, and here's a here's another way they the public prosecutor's office described this. Um, this politician's name is Ran Ranin. Running something like that. Rasanen, I don't know. I'm not Finnish. I wouldn't, I just probably just hashed it. If yeah. someone who is Finnish is listening, they can probably help us out with the pronouncement of that. But anyway, it's, um, yeah, the, it was, she's referred to as committing discre- discriminatory hate speech. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's got to the point now where if you want to share biblical views in some contexts, even as a politician or just an everyday citizen, you want to share, share your views, you want to share your opinions, you know, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion that we have taken for granted for so long, especially in the Western world, that, that now is a non-event um, in many parts of our Western democracy. And it just shows that I believe things are, are heading to... They're heading to their to, to to their final conclusion, and Jesus will come soon because I think things are going to swing to the other side. Oh, for sure! And there's so many changes. Like, yeah, yeah, I just agree. <laughs> I don't want to go over. <laughs> well, one final one, Sharissa. Oh, yeah, we, we got two minutes. All right, I mentioned this the other day. Time Magazine. This was really fascinating. So this is Time Magazine back in um, April. So uh, the title cover: the lost year. But anyway, what what was fascinating? They they had an they had an interesting article here on um, it was titled "Keeping the Faith." Subtitle: Joe Biden's presidency has highlighted the rifts in the American Catholic Church, and uh, and the article mm. pointed out the article pointed out I've highlighted a whole bunch of things here which we don't have time to get into and there's no need for it. But they've highlighted how Joe Biden, who is the second uh, president who happens to be a Roman Catholic, the first one was JFK. Back in 1960, how, how President Biden's personal views are very much, very much in opposition to the Roman Catholic Church of, of which, you know, he is, he is a member, you know, he's, he's, he's a faith. And so he was asked, he was asked, well, you know, why do you have different views, different personal views? Uh, well, not different views when it comes to policy on, say, abortion, same-sex marriage, you know, just to pick two big ones. And, um, and, and you call yourself a Roman Catholic Christian. You know what he said? And this was really fascinating, and I won't quote him exactly because we don't have the time. But he said, my, my faith is one thing. My views in the political sphere are something very different. And so what he was doing is he was disassociating his faith from from his political views Mm. and from his political ambitions and ideals. And I couldn't help but think of Daniel. You know, we've been studying about Daniel. Daniel's personal faith, his faith in God, was transferred into how he dealt in government as a politician, and he was the highest politician. And we know that when he was told by the government, not to pray to anyone, but the king for 30 days, he refused to do that. So, folk, we have the example of Daniel and we have the example of, of Joe Biden. And I pray that you and I will follow the example of Daniel and Jesus Christ. And so we have a song coming up now. There's so much more to share. But sit back and enjoy. Let us come forward.
Make sure you tune in to The Breakfast Show to encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you you there. Rock of habitation to which I may continually come. Be thou to me the strength of my salvation, the rock that I stand on will never. For Lord, you are God, and I am unworthy. Thank you for loving me in spite of my sin. For your love is life, without it I am nothing. Help me to stand on. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then.
Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome along to Looking Up. I want to welcome each and every one of you, wherever you may be listening from. Good to have Sharissa here and Shell joining me, Danny. <laughs> and uh, it's, did I mention who I I don't think I even mentioned uh, who I was at the beginning of the program. Well, we all know now. I've just heard the name Danny right now, so um, <laughs> I just said it. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's who I am, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so anyway, it's good to have everyone on board, and uh, we are we are here now, about to journey, begin this journey once again in the Bible, as we do, and we are continuing this journey in the Book of Daniel. So we've been going through chapter by chapter. Now, if you are joining us for the first time, or you've only joined us recently, and you would like to listen to the previous uh, broadcasts on the Book of Daniel that we have been going through, you can go to the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, go to the podcast section there, looking up, and you'll be able to find all the previous um, episodes. Now, at the end of the program, Sharissa, we've got something special, haven't we, once again? We sure do. We have a free offer that's coming to the first person to call or text or the fourth person who calls and texts. So we got two to give away today, but it's going to the first and the fourth caller or texter in And I just want to let everybody know the title of this book. It's called The Rapture Delusions, subtitle, Exposing Dangerous Errors About the End of the World, written by a man named Steve Wahlberg, who is a fantastic author. And so uh, we're going to be handing away a code word just before you can call. So just keep staying tuned because you will have to say the code word and then you can be the one to call or text. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. That'll be at the end of our program. And in the meantime, we are now ready to, to get into our study, Sharissa. It's a very, very important and a very interesting study once again as we take a look at um, two events, one marking the beginning of Christianity, another one marking the beginning of the time of the judgment. Mm-hmm. that we have been studying. So these two interesting events have got so many interesting parallels that we're going to explore together. But before we open up God's Word, we need to pray. We need to pray. So do you want to lead us in prayer? Sure. Our loving, gracious Father in heaven, thank you for this time we can spend studying your Word together. We pray that the Holy Spirit will come and teach us now as we do this study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. So just just quickly where we have been, just so that we're all on the same page. We have, um, as I pointed out, we've been going through the book of Daniel. We, in the last few weeks, we have looked at Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 9. Those two chapters go together. They um, are a continuation of a couple of prophecies. They build on two two prophecies, one in Daniel chapter 2 and another one in Daniel chapter 7, and those two prophecies uh, essentially um, 
take a look at uh, the time period from the time of Daniel all the way to the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so in Daniel chapter 8, we have a time prophecy there that we have been exploring that begins in the time of Daniel in the Medo-Persian Empire, and it leads us all the way through to the end of time, mm-hmm. or in particular, in specifically to the time when the judgment will begin. So that's what we've been looking at thus far, sort of in a nutshell. Do you want to add anything to that, Sharissa? Oh, well, last week was kind of really exciting because we studied all of Daniel chapter 9. Mm. And so we we now have a start date for the prophecy of Daniel chapter 8. And now we're taking, I guess, going to unpack that more. That's right. So regarding this start date, we want to read the, the key scripture here in Daniel chapter 8 and uh, verse 14, which will be our study for today. And we're going to explore all the different elements that surround Daniel chapter 8, verse 14. And do you want to read verse 14 of Daniel chapter 8? The Bible says, And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Okay, so we understand a day represents a year in Bible prophecy. So 2,300 years from a certain event that we discovered in Daniel chapter 9. Yes. Would be the cleansing of the sanctuary. Now, just remind us, what was that event that began the 2,300 years? So we go to Daniel chapter 9 there, and in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25, we are told when the 2,300 years would begin. The Bible says there, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, there it is, mm-hmm. until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Okay, so our start point was the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And now we understand based on history that, uh, and, and based on scripture, based on the book of Ezra, that there were two prior commands uh, given to the to the restoration of the Jewish sanctuary or the temple. And they were fulfilled. The first one was by King Cyrus. He gave the first, first decree. The second one was by King Darius. He gave the second decree. And the one that uh, seeks to restore Jerusalem and give it its political authority um, and its sovereignty was given by King Artaxerxes. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what year that was? It was in the 457, se- 457 BC. BC, and that's in the seventh year of his reign. Mm-hmm. And you can read about that in Ezra chapter 7, which we looked at last week. So from 457, we go forward 2,300 years, and we get to what year? Well, if we remember, there's no year zero, mm-hmm. so we have to add one. Yeah. It would come to, and I only know this because I've looked at it before, but 1844. Yeah, so from 457, 2,300 years leads us to 1844. And we remember that first, that first part of that 2,300 years, which we looked at last week, focused on Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and his ministry in particular and the time that God allowed or the time that God allotted, I should say, to the Jewish nation, 490 years or 490 That's days right. for them to decide whether they would continue to be his 
ambassadors to the world. And so they had that period allotted to them. It was allotted and cut off. Cut off, yeah. So that we can, yeah, it just helps us understand everything. That's right. So 490 <laughs> years plus 1810 mm-hmm. years leads us to 2,300 years. And so 1844. All right, so we've got 1844. Now, according to the text here that we read, Sharissa, in Daniel 8.14, it says that at the end of this 2,300-year period... The sanctuary shall be cleansed. Mm -hmm. So let's fast forward to 1844. 1844. The the people back then, those who were studying their Bibles back then, in particular an individual by the name of William Miller, who was a, a Baptist farmer turned preacher, he came to a conclusion. What was that conclusion? What was going to happen on or around 1844? Well, he... He concluded that this earth was going to be cleansed by fire with mm-hmm. the coming of Jesus. So he believed the sanctuary was this earth. Yeah, That's what he yeah that was the common that was the common understanding back in the days of William Miller that this earth was the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, obviously the cleansing was by fire, and we read about that in Second Peter chapter three. I think verse ten, where it says, "You know, the world will be cleansed by fire at the coming of Jesus." And so he believed that Jesus was coming back. And there was about 100,000 Christians or those who'd put their faith in Christ that believed that Jesus was coming back in 1844. In fact, they eventually settled on a date. What was that date? October 22, 1844. And it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. And so they were anticipating the coming of Jesus. Now, we know that Jesus didn't come because we're still here. Um. However, it's come. It's it's become known as the great disappointment, the mm. great disappointment, and it was a it was a, a terrible time. It was a terrible time. Now you may be thinking, what on earth, Danny, has this got to do with um with where we are now? Well, we're going to look at that because that's very very important. But just just to give you an indication of of how bitterly disappointed they were, they were preparing for Jesus to come. Many of them had not even harvested their crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them had closed up their shops. Many of them had invested, you know, almost, well, many of them had invested their entire life savings into printing literature and getting the word out that Jesus was coming back. You know, they genuinely believed that Jesus was coming back. On October 22, 1844, like I said, in the United States alone, there were probably about an estimated 100,000 people waiting for the coming of Jesus. And that's a lot of people back in 1844. I can't exactly remember what the population of the U.S. was back then. I think it was Mm -hmm. maybe around 20-odd million people. Mm -hmm. So 100,000 people is quite a sizable uh, group of people. Now, this is what um, one individual had to say. In fact, fact, um, William Miller William Miller, this is, this is what he had to say. He was the father of the movement. And this is what he wrote on Wednesday morning. So the day after the great disappointment, this is what he wrote. He wrote this. These are his words. It seemed as though all the demons from the bottomless pit were let loose upon us. Hmm. The same ones and many more who were crying for mercy two days before were now mixed with the rabble and mocking, scoffing, and threatening in most in a most blasphemous manner. So the ridicule that they experienced post-October 22, 
the next day was horrendous. Imagine being William Miller. Oh. After, I, I know he preached thousands of sermons on the advent of Jesus. He did. Nearly killed himself, like, because <laughs> of... He did, but he wasn't a young man. No, he, spent, he was spent for the preaching of this yeah. message. And, uh, yeah, just, yeah, it would have been extremely heart-wrenching. Absolutely heart-wrenching. So that's why this, this is called the Great Disappointment. And we're going to find out, Sharissa, that the book of Revelation foretold. Yes. That this would actually take place. That's exciting. That's exciting. So we're going to look at that. So, so don't go away. We're going to go step by step through this, but we just want to set the stage at the moment of what took place because you may be thinking, uh, is, there, is there any relevance to, to, to the other disappointment? And we're going to look at that in just a moment. But here is another statement. This is from a guy called Hiram Edson. Mm-hmm. He was part of, the, part of the Millerites. That's what they were called. They were called... Millerites, you know, because they followed teachings of William Miller, who is the one who was impressed. And there's a, there's a big long story of how William Miller uh, got to the point of studying his Bible because he wasn't always uh, a faithful Bible-believing, Bible-reading Christian, was he? Mm-mm. No, he was, uh, it starts with an A. He was, uh, I'm not sure, was he agnostic? Um, no, I don't think he was an agnostic. He, um, he was something else. Um, but anyway, he... Deist, he was a deist. Deist, yes, he doesn't was. Doesn't start with A. No, that doesn't start with <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so, yeah, but he, he had an encounter um, yes. with God. Um, and, yeah, he was an army captain, yeah. if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, but he had an interesting story and... Um, we won't go into that right now. But this is, this is what Hiram Edson had to say uh, on the day after. He said, Our fondest hopes and expectations were blasted, and such a spirit of weeping came over us as I never experienced before. It seemed that the loss of all earthly friends could have been no comparison. We wept and wept till the day dawned. Mm. So they were just heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. And so you think of you think of these believers um, who have put their faith and trust in God's word and in the coming of Jesus, the blessed hope, and yet so bitterly disappointed. It would have really shaken their faith in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you can imagine, I mean, you... You, you put yourself in their situation. You're waiting for the coming of Jesus. You believe based on scripture, based on prophecy, that Jesus is coming um, on this particular day, um, and and he doesn't come, and it's just gut wrenching. And uh, like you said, you know the loss, you know the loss of all earthly friends mm. could be no comparison. Hmm. You know that's kind of putting it in perspective. You know we wept and wept until the day dawned, and so this was a bitter disappointment, a great disappointment. And as we'll discover, the book of Revelation describes this event. But we don't have time for that right now. In a little bit we're going to go to um we're going to go to a beautiful song. But what I what I want to leave our listeners with before we do go to this song is that we're going to discover that through a great disappointment God provides a great appointment. Amen. An appointment. So we're going to look at that um, when we come back after this beautiful song, Anthem Lights. So sit back and listen to Anthem Lights. And then we're going to come back and we are heading straight to the book of Revelation to discover how God 2,000 years before the event foretold what would take place, but then he gave a beautiful message of what needed to happen. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels 
cross prostrate fall Bring forth the royal diadem And crown him Lord of all Crown him with many crowns The Lamb upon the throne Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives in plea for me. Welcome back. Beautiful song. Crown him Lord of all. Just a beautiful song. You're here listening to Looking Up on this Wednesday afternoon with Sharissa, Shell, our producer, and myself, Danny. I hope you're enjoying our study thus far. We're we're looking at uh, a very interesting time in history, um, about almost 180 years ago now, Mm -hmm. um, 1844. And we we ended by, by by noticing that this was such a bitter disappointment that you know the the loss of all human friendships you know couldn't 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 equate with with how with, with how disappointed they were you know the loss of all friends and that that's incredible that's an incredible statement you know the loss of all earthly friends I actually my husband's from America and I just remembered this while we were dating he gave me a gift <laughs> and it's a little piece of rock from Ascension Rock which is where the believers many mm. of them gathered on this rock and they were going out ready and waiting for Jesus to come and of course he didn't come but um, yeah I got a rock piece, wow. piece of the place where they were disappointed <laughs> wow, wow disappointment rock <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well we, we talked about the book of Revelation, and in the book of Revelation, we have this event described. So if we go over to the book of Revelation, 
There is so much in this study, and I hope you can um, yeah, join us by taking a look at the Scriptures, if you have the Scriptures there in front of you, in Revelation chapter 10. And uh, here in Revelation chapter 10, we're going to discover that there is a little book that was closed mm-hmm. in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. It was sealed and closed until the time of the end. And here this little book is open. All right. So if you want to read... If you want to read from verses 1 all the way through to, say, verse 2. <laughs> 1 and 2. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Okay, so this angel here, notice the description. Mm -hmm. The description is one that we find very similar to that which describes Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1. It is. Very, very similar. So so these commentators have come to the conclusion, and when you compare those two scriptures, uh, it's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's Jesus Christ who has this little book that is open. Mm -hmm. Now, it's fascinating there's only one book that is closed. Mm. that we find closed in Bible prophecy, and mm-hmm. that's the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Well, in particular, that aspect concerning the vision, yes, concerning the 2,300-day vision in particular, which would be the cleansing of the sanctuary. And that would be a relatively little book. That's right. So it's a little book. So we're looking at, we're looking at a message, mm-hmm. a message that would be sealed until the time of the end. And so now we have the time of the end has come, and the time of the end began in 1798. How do we know that? We know that because we have uh, two time prophecies mm-hmm. that Daniel didn't quite understand, and the one was the 2,300 days. He didn't have understanding, and he asked for understanding concerning that. The other one was the 1,260-year prophecy or the 1,260-day prophecy, and he didn't have understanding for that. So if you just go to Daniel chapter 12, Daniel chapter 12, and there we have um, in verse 7 and verse 9, Daniel chapter 12, verse 7 and 9, if you want to read um, those, in fact, read verses 7 to 9, Daniel 12, verses 7 to 9. Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and when his and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time times and half a time and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered all these things shall be finished although i heard i did not understand then i said my lord what shall be the end of these things and he said go your way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end okay so that's in relation to that time times and a half a time okay. that prophecy so that's that 1260 year period because a time is is a year times is two years and and the half a time is a half year so that three and a half year period so that book would be you know the prophecies concerning uh, the 2300 days would be opened would be unsealed at the end of this period that would that would indicate the time of the end and we know that to be case because in Daniel 12:4 Daniel is told, as we, sh- as we shared earlier, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. And 
there's I have I have this chart that comes out of uh, a book called The Prophetic Faith of Our Fathers. Mm-hmm. Sounds and, good. Yeah, and um, and I think it's volume three. And there's um, uh, the the author is Froome. Like Edwin him. Edwin Froome, mm-hmm. and he is a, an incredible historian. And he, well, he's passed away now, but Edward Edwin Froome, he has been able to to take a look at the investigations in the book of Daniel, in particular the prophecies concerning the the judgment period, the two thousand three hundred year prophecy and the twelve hundred sixty year prophecy when the papacy, the Roman papacy would receive its deadly wound, which took place under Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Um, the the interest and the study in the books of um, Daniel and Revelation from 1798 to 1844 just grew exponentially, mm. exponentially. Like there were, um, yeah, I can't exactly remember the numbers. I was reading them today. I didn't jot them down. But the numbers from, you know, the 15th, 16th, 17th, um, century compared to you know the 18th century in particular. After 1798, there is an explosion of interest and study in the books of Daniel and Revelation. And this interest was coming from people of many different religious oh, backgrounds. Many different religious backgrounds that were just opening. And do you know why that is? I've just looked at the time just to make <laughs> sure before I before I launch into in, into why that is. And that is because. They, they had very clear prophecy signposts. Yes. And so as they saw the signposts being fulfilled, they, they were assured, hey, we are on the right track. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. There is a steady tread of events that are exactly. going here. So, so here are the signposts, okay? If you, if you compare, um, okay, you've got the 1260-year period that would come to an end with, uh, you know, with the deadly wound of Revelation chapter 13, verse 3, that speaks of, you know, the beast, which is, you know, the Roman papacy that would receive a deadly wound. And that took place in 1798 when Napoleon sent his general Berthier into Rome and he took, you know, the Pope captive and, um, and took him away. And that was the end of the political rule of mm-hmm. the papacy. It mm-hmm. continued as a church but no longer was it a, a political power. Mm-hmm. So we have that in 1798. In Revelation chapter 6, okay, in Revelation chapter 6 we have signs that are part of the sixth seal, which is the there are seven seals in Revelation, so I'm kind of giving a big picture here. Um, there are seven seals in Revelation. The seventh seal is the coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the sixth seal is immediately prior to the coming of Jesus. There would be certain events. And there are, are four major events in Revelation chapter 6. Now, some of our uh, uh, listeners may be wondering whereabouts in Revelation chapter 6, and why don't we go there? Revelation chapter 6, here are these events, and these also help people to know that we have hit the time of the end because the sixth seal is just before the seventh seal, the coming of Jesus. So they knew that this is this is the period of the time of the end. So do you want to read uh, verse 12 and verse 13? I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And verse 13. Um, yep, 13. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its leaves, drops its late figs, sorry, when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Okay, so here we have these, these events that are pinpoint, that, that pinpoint uh, a period that would be prior to the coming of Jesus that would usher in the time of the end. So you add, you add these events to the, 
1260-year period, the end of that. And you have in 1755, you have the Great Lisbon Earthquake. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was uh, an enormous earthquake. That's that great earthquake that Revelation here is speaking of. Mm. Then we have the moon. Mm-hmm. Sorry, then we have the sun turning to darkness. Okay, dark well, to, In the dark day. So we've got the dark day of May... I think 18, 19, 17, 80. 1780. Yep. yep. And then that night we have the moon turning blood red. And mm. this was this was mainly seen in the eastern part of the United States, but it was a very clear sign. Then in 1833, so before 1844, 11 years before, we have the falling of the stars or this incredible meteor shower yep. that once again in the United States. So... All these events combined helped all these Bible students know that we are living in a time of the end. That's there are some amazing. other things. There are some other things as well mm. um, that that were part of that time period. But this made it absolutely crystal clear that they were living in the time of the end. So the books were opened. Mm. They were able to understand because they could see all these things fulfilled. Hmm. I love it. Yeah, and it's interesting that when you take a look at the Book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 10, we have this book, okay, that is opened, right? And this is in reference to the study of the prophecies, in particular um, Daniel, Daniel's prophecies, and in particular to the study of the 2,300-year period. There were many that were studying this period and coming to the conclusion that the period of the judgment must be somewhere around the 1840s because the start date was when? 457. 457. That's right. So they, you know, they, they could easily calculate 2,300 years into the future from then and they got to around the 1840s. Mm. So there were many that were preparing themselves for some significant event. But yeah, they misunderstood what the sanctuary was all about. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize that they had the, t- the right time, but the wrong event. That's right. The right time, but the wrong event. And now, this was predicted. If you want to read, um, if you want to read verses, um, where are we? From verse five. Read from verse five to verse seven. We're back in Revelation. Revelation 10. ten. Yeah, Revelation ten, verses five to seven. Sure. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. Okay, pause there. Delay no longer. Do you know what that literally means? Time no longer. Time no longer. So prophetic time Mm. is coming to an end. Love it. Okay, carry on. Um, verse seven, but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants, the prophets. All right. The mystery of God. So just before the seventh angel sounds, which is the coming of Jesus, the mystery of God would be finished. Mm. Now, what's the mystery of God? How do we know what that is? We go to the Bible. We go to the Bible. (laughs) And if we go to the Bible we discover that the mystery of God is a reference to the preaching of the gospel. It's oh, a reference to the preaching okay. of the gospel. Now, we find that, I'm just looking here for where I popped that in my notes. It was in the book of Romans in particular. Now, I'm just seeing where on earth did I put that here? Romans, 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 the preaching of the gospel. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Romans 16. Verse 25 to 27. 
All right. Uh, notice these words. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So the mystery, the mystery of God is what? The gospel. The truth about God and the gospel. Now, what's the sanctuary message? It's the plan of salvation. And Daniel 8.14 says it would be the cleansing or the restoration, which is a better interpretation. The restoration of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. The restoration of God's truth on the plan of salvation would be restored completely before Jesus comes. And that would begin when the judgment hour begins. Oh, <laughs> wow. Isn't it exciting? Yes. It's very, very exciting. And you know what? We, we're about to launch into what was to take place next. Okay. And how would this mystery of God be launched? And that is in our following verses, which we're going to take after this break. So sit back, folks. <laughs> listen to this beautiful song, The Idea of North. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at The Great Disappointment. Abide with me. Abide with me.
Welcome back to Looking Up. You're with uh, Sharissa, Shell, and Danny. I hope you enjoyed that song, beautiful song from Abide With Me. You mentioned something during the break regarding uh, this mystery mm. that we read about, the mystery of God that would be finished. Yeah, well, I was just thinking as you were saying, you know, Daniel 8 verse 14, the cleansing of the sanctuary, and realizing too that the Bible also calls our own bodies the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so God actually wants to also cleanse us from all mm. sin in our lives. And it reminded me of this verse in Colossians 1 verse 27, which says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. There's so much that we could spend like a whole hour just on that scripture. Yeah, true. It's very powerful, yeah. Now, Sharissa, remind us again of what our giveaway is and how people can receive our giveaway. Oh, we are so excited about this particular giveaway because at the end of the program, it's going to the first and the fourth person to call or text us, and it's entitled The Rapture Delusions, and it's written by Steve Wahlberg, and so you will want to get this book. Uh, we're going to give you a code word that you can use when you call or text us so that you can have the chance to obtain this copy for yourself for two people. Mm, fantastic. So be listening for the code word, which we'll, we'll give to you at the end of the program. Mm -hmm. So we're in our sort of second last major section mm -hmm. of our program. And once again, the time has flown by. Now, we've, we've taken a look at at this mystery of God that it would be finished, that this is, this is dealing with, you know, time will be no longer. So this is uh, the end of, the end of prophetic time ends in 1844. At the end of the 2300 year prophecy, there is no pro more prophetic time. We are now in the judgment as we've looked at before. Mm -hmm. You know, the cleansing of the sanctuary was in relation to the day of atonement mm -hmm. in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew calendar, which was the most solemn day of the year when the sanctuary was cleansed, when all the sins that had accumulated during the 360 days of the year were taken out of the sanctuary and they were put on that goat, on the goat, on the goat, the, the scapegoat, as we discovered, or Azazel, mm -hmm. as it was known, and that goat represented Satan at the end of time who would receive all the sins um, that have ever been committed and so on and so forth. So we won't go into that. But notice what we read now in verse 8. So if you want to read verses 8 to 11, and then we're going to unpack that. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Wow. So what's going on here? So said. So John is invited by the angel to eat this little book that is open. Yes, and he does so, and he was already warned that this would be the case, but as soon as he eats it, it is sweet in his mouth, but bitter in his stomach. Makes him sick. Disappointment? Sounds like it. Sounds like a disappointment. 
And so here we have here we have the disappointment described, and we know that it's described because chapter ten in the sequence of Revelation, if you go back to chapter nine, verse thirteen, you have the beginning of the sixth trumpet, mm-hmm. and the seventh trumpet is when it's all over, mm-hmm. when Jesus comes, and the seventh trumpet you discover is in. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Mm-hmm. That's where we have a description of the seventh trumpet. So this passage here is during the sixth trumpet or during mm-hmm. the period between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Does this connect with the sixth seal? Sounds yes, it like does. It. it does. There are six seals. There are six trumpets. There are six, there are, sorry, there are seven seals. There are seven uh, trumpets. There are seven churches, mm-hmm. um, and so these periods correspond. And so we have here during during this period of the time of the end that there will be a group of believers that will experience a great disappointment, a mm-hmm. great disappointment. And what's fascinating to me is when you read the the rest of Revelation eleven. 12, 13, and 14 in particular, there you discover the language of Daniel. Mm. You've got all these connection points Mm -hmm. that we find in the book of Daniel, in particular Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8, which we won't have time to go into, but you've got all these connection points. So when the book is opened, Hmm. all of a sudden the books of Daniel are opened. The book is open and the books become merged. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they they go merge. hand in hand. Exactly. They? The prophecies, they all merge, in particular the 1260-year prophecy. It's mm, there, you know, from then Such a then good up. point. I'd not thought of it like Yeah, that. so you don't have you don't have the 1260 years before you have Dan, uh, Revelation yeah. 10 and then Revelation 11, it appears for the first time. That is powerful. I learned something just now. <laughs> uh, it is. There, there, there is just so much to learn and it's just very, very powerful. Now, it's interesting. It says here that they would be bitterly disappointed. And so the William William Miller and the Millerites, they went to Revelation. They read this passage now with fresh eyes and they realized this was their experience. They had been bitterly disappointed and it was foretold. Mm-hmm. It was foretold by God. Now, you shared earlier with me uh, the scripture regarding the coming of Jesus that Jesus himself said, you know, in Matthew 24. Oh, yeah, I was saying to you in the break, it's amazing that they missed what Jesus said, that the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come. Yeah. But it's like God kind of let them just pursue this rabbit, chase this rabbit for a reason. For a reason. um, Because he was going to get their attention to point them to something else of greater significance. Absolutely. And so notice the last part of chapter 10. It says, and he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. What were they to do? Were they to just sit there and continue to weep and weep and weep and weep? They were to get back up and keep preaching. So the great disappointment in God's eyes was to be a great appointment. Mm. And so here is the appointment. You need to continue to go and share. And what were they to share? They were to share what we read earlier in verse in verse 7, they were to share the mystery of God, mm. which is what? The gospel. The gospel. Now. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Exactly. <laughs> and guess what, Sharissa? Tell me. We have the message that they were to preach. Yes, it's we do. It's in Revelation 14. How exciting. <laughs> this is getting so exciting, folk. If you are not excited, you are not alive. Revelation 14, check out this 
message and notice the wording. So what were they to do? They were to preach, prophesy again, prophesy again to many nations, kindreds. Oh. Well, well, let me let, let, let me get that right. Let me get that right. Prophesy people. again to many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Let's mm. see if we can see a uh, common a common element here in the final message of God's love to the world that begins in Revelation 14, verse 6. So do you want to read Revelation 14, verse 6? Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Wow! So what do we find here? It's the same message. It's the same message. It's the mystery of God here. It's described as what? The everlasting gospel. gospel. And how far does it need to go? Everywhere. To every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And it's going. And it is going. And guess what? Read verse 7. Now, the lights really came on when they read verse 7. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And wow. worship him who made this heaven and earth and the sea and springs of water. So the hour of his judgment is coming? Well, according to this, it has or come. Has, or, or has already been somewhere? No, it is, it's arrived right now. Mm. So they realized that this was a message of present God's tense. present tense. This was present truth that they were sharing. This was God's final message of love in the context of the final judgment that had begun. Wow. In 1844, because remember the <laughs> cleansing of the sanctuary, the Day of Atonement was also called a Day of Judgment, Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. the Day of Judgment. And so here we have 1844 was not when Jesus would arrive, so they had the right date, but the wrong event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The right date, but the wrong event. And yet God allowed them to be bitterly disappointed because out of that bitter disappointment, God raised up through a handful of individuals that would proclaim the everlasting gospel, the three angels' messages, around the world to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. Do you know how many people remained to pray and wrestle over this after that? There weren't that many, sadly. Like I mentioned, like about 100,000 yeah, 100, 100, or so were waiting for the coming of Jesus. Uh, sadly, and the majority. came maj- right down. Came down. I think, like, I don't know exact numbers, but probably wasn't more than maybe 50, 100, maybe 1,000 at the most. So, That's so le- how disappointing it was. We can say less than 1%. Less yeah. than 1% went back to their Bible. So, what they do? They went back to their Bibles, believing that God had a message for them. And there's a, an interesting story by Edson. I mentioned Edson earlier. He's the one that said, you know, we wept and wept and wept until the day, until the day dawn. Well, the very next morning, okay, Wednesday morning, he gathers a number of his friends, fellow believers that were bitterly disappointed. He says, we need to pray. We need to ask God for wisdom, like Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel received the vision in Daniel 8. He didn't understand the vision concerning the 2,300 days. He thought that was in connection with the temple, that God would delay the the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. Instead of 70 years, like he had like he had prophesied for 2,300 years. And so Daniel is, is weeping and he's confessing his sins. And so these individuals, likewise, in like manner, they, they get on their knees in the barn, you know, um, and they're praying to God for wisdom. They're praying for insight. They're saying, God, we, we, we trust your word. You haven't lied. We can trust the scriptures. We can trust prophecy. We, 
we, show us where we went wrong. Show us where we went wrong, exactly. And then as they are making their way after breakfast um, to encourage some other believers, um, Edson says he was going through the cornfield, and whether it was a vision, whether it was just God giving him some insight based on scriptures, but God directed his attention to the book of Hebrews. Just clicked. It just clicked to the book of Hebrews, which they had studied, and, and he realized that that the sanctuary was not the earth, but the sanctuary in Revelation, sorry, in Daniel eight fourteen was the heavenly sanctuary above in heaven, and that Jesus had now moved from ministering in the holy place to the most holy place, which was the work of the Day of Atonement, which was that second phase of Jesus' ministry. Amen. You know, if there's anyone that was listening to this and they're just thinking, wow, I want to learn more about it, there is actually a whole movie on this story. There is. It's called Tell the World. Yeah. And uh, I remember the scene from what you just described as he's walking through the cornfield yeah. and oh, it just dawns on him. It dawns this is on what him. it is. It just, it just, yeah, it's amazing. I've had many of those experiences. Have you? Yeah, you yeah. You know, as all of a sudden the scriptures, you know, collide mm. and, and God through the Holy Spirit gives you these incredible insights. You're like, Wow, this is amazing. And you know, and you just and you just like springboard into into, you know, territory that you <laughs> that you never knew existed. Isn't it wonderful that when we pray and study God's word, he leads and guides us. The author of the book, he actually Absolutely. Comes and helps us so out of the great disappointment, God raised up the Seventh Day Adventist Church, you know, as his final end time remnant church uh, with a with 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 a message to share with the whole world the everlasting gospel to prepare a people who are ready for the second coming of Jesus. And that's how Revelation 14 ends. It ends with the second coming of Jesus. Now, some people might be thinking, what are you telling me that the church began, you know, 1844 from a great disappointment? You haven't heard anything yet. We're going to discover that that is how the church began.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Welcome back to Faith FM Looking Up with Sharissa, Shell and Danny. And we are in the home stretch, Sharissa. We certainly are. I what cannot... a wonderful Bible study oh, this has praise been. The Lord. I loved it. Praise the Lord. And um, we've really only scratched the surface. Only scratched the surface. There's Makes so you want to keep more. scratching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, before we launch into this um, uh, final run to the finish for this afternoon, Sharissa, remind us again, what's the giveaway and how can oh, people... We are almost at the point of the giveaway. It's just coming up after the next break, but we are giving away to the first and fourth caller or texter in a special book by Steve Wahlberg. It's called The Rapture Delusions, and it basically shatters popular myths, breaks the, off the spell of false theories, and it's going to reveal solid biblical truth that will help you prepare for the end of the world. It's Whoa. an epic book. Um, and you I, might, will... I might call in myself. <laughs> I'm going to know if it's you. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a code word. That's what everyone needs to be listening for. And as soon as we give that word, then you can call or text us on 1-800-324-843. Text us on 0491-064-669. So that code word will come in that very, very last segment right at the end. Yes. So, um, so after we're this. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. All right. Now, Sharissa, we, we, we sort of uh, finished off that last segment in a bit of a – in a bit of a flurry because um, there's so much to share, but we discovered that that in 1844, out of that bitter disappointment, that great disappointment that we read of in Revelation chapter 10, uh, God raised up. He raised up a powerful prophetic movement that today we, we know of as the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is worldwide yes. sharing the final message of God's love, you know, Revelation mm-hmm. 14, 6 to 12. I like what you were saying there before, and um, it reminded me, I've written this comment in my Bible, that Daniel eight fourteen is the birth certificate of the Seventh-day Adventist oh, movement. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I right like there. that. Did you come up with that? No, I wish I could have, but someone else did, and Praise I wrote it down. Praise the Lord. That's powerful. Yeah. It is. It is the birth certificate. And so as we've started, the the the, uh, the prophetic roots of the Advent movement are found in Revelation chapter ten. The people mm-hmm. of the little book, their prophetic identity is found in Revelation chapter twelve, verse seventeen, mm-hmm. and their mission and message is the three angels' message, like you pointed us to in Revelation chapter fourteen. And the condition of God's end time church is found in Revelation chapter three. The Laodicean Church. And this is where the grace of God is amazing, isn't amazing, it? Amazing, yeah. Through this Laodicean Church, it's also the church that God, through His grace, is going to prepare to to be ready to be translated when He comes. That's right. He'll prepare a group who are willing, who, who hear the voice of the Spirit that speaks to the church, who want to be on fire, who want to be hot. As yes. Jesus said in Revelation, you know, I wish you were hot. Yes. I wish you were, you know, you were zealous. And that word is zestos mm. in Revelation. I just preached a series on that <laughs> this past weekend. So it's very fresh in my mind. And so, yeah. 
So God will have a people who are on fire for him, sharing his final message of love to the world, preparing people for the coming of Jesus. Now, people may be thinking, wow, are you telling me that God's final message of love um, is is going to be shared by a group of people um, who 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 find their foundation in a disappointment, in a great disappointment. And the answer is yes, according to Scripture. But this is not the first time God has raised up a movement based on a great disappointment, has it? No, it isn't. It happened once before, didn't it? <laughs> it has. In fact, the so, whole Christian church finds its roots in the it ashes of a great disappointment. It does. It does. And you talked about you talked about the birth certificate yeah. of of the Seventh Day Adventist Church or God's final end time prophetic movement being Daniel eight fourteen, and that's correct. The birth certificate, if I could use that language, um, for the birth of the Christian church is Luke chapter twenty four. Mm. So let's go to Luke chapter twenty four. In these closing moments of, of this program, Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to just, we don't, in the interest of time, we don't have a, a lot of time to read this whole passage from Luke 24. Uh, it really begins um, in verse 28. But we have two disciples. One is called Cleopas. This is Sunday morning, or well, actually not Sunday morning. This is Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, Cleopas and his friend, they are walking from their, from Jerusalem where they have been mm-hmm. to their hometown of Emmaus. Okay. About a, about a 10 kilometer, 11 kilometer journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And as they are walking, they are reflecting on what has just taken place that weekend in Jerusalem. And so, we have we we have them reflecting, and they're deeply sanded. They're deeply disappointed, deeply disappointed above and beyond what we can imagine, because Jesus Christ has been crucified. And let's pick up the story. So we're in Luke chapter. What did I say? No, I said I said verse twenty-eight. No, no, no. It begins really in Luke chapter twenty-four and verse. 13. It begins in verse 13. But we're going to pick it up in verse 17. Jesus, he pulls up next to them. And um, and notice what takes place here. So I'll actually pick it up, if you could pick it up in verse uh, 16. Or verse 15, sorry, verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Ah, and interesting, he, eh? Yeah. The eyes were restrained of the of the Millerite believers that they did not see. Yeah, so Some true. Them, yeah, keep going. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel in Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Wow. So were they disappointed? 
they were. And I, what what were their expectations? Well, they were hoping that this would be a deliverer, a Messiah who would deliver them from Roman rule and all this. So that's what the that's what the Jews back in the day of Christ were hoping. Mm-hmm. They were hoping that Jesus Christ would be an earthly deliverer, that he would set up an earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. Did they have the the right person? They had the right person. They had the right person. Did he come right on time based mm-hmm. on the prophecy he in Daniel right chapter 9? He came right on time. So they had the right person. They had the right time, but... They, they had, had the wrong understanding of what he was coming to achieve. So they had the wrong understanding. Mm. Well, that sounds like the Millerite believers. Mm-hmm. They had the right time, 1844, yes. They had the wrong understanding of what was to take place on and, October 22, 1844. And, and just on that note too, like the mention of this is the third day. Mm. I mean, over and over again, Jesus had told his disciples that the Son of Man would be crucified and given, you know, and on the third day he would rise again. He told them before, but it's just like um, the Millerite <laughs> movement. They're completely missing the point. So they're telling, they're telling this stranger, and they, yeah. they don't know who he is at this point in time, and there's a reason why Jesus does not reveal himself to them at this point in time. He could have easily said, hey, I'm Jesus. Mm-hmm. But no, there's a reason why he didn't. And let's keep reading to find out what the reason is. So we continue to read the story. Where are we now, Sharissa? We are Verse in 25. Verse 25. So this is Jesus. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow. So where did Jesus go to give them the answer to their great disappointment? To the Bible, to the prophets, the scriptures. And in particular, the prophecies concerning himself Mm -hmm. from Moses, which is Genesis, all the way through to the book of Malachi. Mm-hmm. So that's all they had. They had the Old Testament scriptures. That's right. And so is that what the William is that what the Millerite believers did after the great disappointment? They did, did they go to the scriptures? They did. They had nowhere else to go. They had nowhere else. And they did that. They opened the scriptures, the Millerite believers, after eighteen forty four, October twenty two, and they studied the scriptures to find out uh, the answer to their great disappointment, they not only discovered the truth about the sanctuary, they discovered the truth about the Sabbath, the second coming, the salvation, uh, the state of the dead, mm-hmm. um, the scriptures and how to understand the scriptures and all the way through. Mm, amazing. So all the S's. I named a few S's there. <laughs> okay, And it's interesting, um, if you want to keep reading from verse 28 onwards. So then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Wow, so how were their eyes opened? When they saw Jesus breaking the bread, they recognized And what's a symbol? The Word of God. Yes, the bread is a symbol of the Word of God. So as we open up God's Word, God reveals to us beautiful truths. I had not put that connection there until you said that. In the breaking of the bread. The breaking Mm. of the bread. And it's powerful. And then um, verse, if you want to keep reading, uh, to verse 35. 
And they said one to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Wow. Isn't this powerful? <laughs> it is. So forget about dinner. Um, forget about how tired they were mm. and the 11 kilometers they had already walked. They just turned around they and They turned around back. and they rushed back in the evening, tripping over stones and who knows what. They had to go and share the message. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us when they opened up, when Jesus opened up the scripture to us? Mm. And that's exactly what happened post-1844. They opened up the scriptures and their hearts burned within them as God began to reveal to them not only the not only the great disappointment, not only what what was to take place that this was the beginning of the judgment hour that we read of earlier from Revelation fourteen seven, but that they had a message to share. And guess what they're doing? They are sharing the good news of the gospel. Mm. Jesus Christ is risen. That is at the very heart of the gospel. And we don't have much time uh, left, but as you take a look at the rest of the chapter, Sharissa, you discover that Jesus, he, he, he comes before them, he appears before them in the upper room. So this is Sunday night. So they've been there. Then Jesus appears on Sunday night and he begins to share with them once again from the prophecies concerning himself to open their eyes and their understanding and to help them to know the truth. And if you want to just um, read verse, um, what is it, verse 44? Verse 44 and verse 45. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Wow. So God opened up the understanding in the scriptures of the Millerite, the bitterly disappointed Millerite believers. He did that mm. for the first time when he did that with the, his disciples, and that was the beginning, that was the genesis of the Christian church. Amen. So the Christian church, my dear friends, don't miss this point. The Christian church was birthed out of a great disappointment. God's end-time church, likewise, was birthed out of a great disappointment in both Disappointments, God had an appointment for his people, and that was to go ahead and to share the good news of the gospel to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. Amen. That's powerful, isn't it? It is. Very powerful. So, folk, we are at the end of our study, believe it or not, and um, now it's come time for us to have a final wrap-up after this song from, from Bifrost Arts. How long? Stay tuned, and we'll be back with our giveaway.
a beautiful song how long how long and that's what god's people have been crying out for since the beginning of time when adam and eve sadly were evicted from their garden home we've been crying out how long how long dear lord before we return to our garden home that you originally placed us in and i don't believe it's that far away Sure, sure is. I don't think it's far away. um, Yeah, so we're in the final run here on Looking Up. We are in the very, very final moments of this afternoon's program with uh, Shell, our producer, Sharissa, who always does a great job, and myself, who is, yes, we won't make any comment. (laughs) We won't make any comment now. Who is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Sharissa, do you have um, some details of this exciting giveaway that we've been promoting. I most certainly do. So everybody, this is where you want to pay attention. The opportunity to receive the free offer is now coming to you. The code word. Here we go, the code word. Drum roll. That we- Code oh, word. That was very good. The code word is appointment. So if you text the word appointment, uh, you'll have opportunity. Now, before you do that, or if you've already done it, so be it. But before you do that, I've just been told by our producer that they can actually have one of two offers. So mm-hmm, if you're the mm-hmm. first person or the fourth person to call or text us, you get to choose if you would like one. 
you can have this book that we've been pushing the whole time. It's called The Rapture Delusions by Steve Wahlberg. Or I've just been told that we have a number or we have enough copies of the movie Tell the World, Mm. which talks about what we've been talking about. It's a fantastic film. Uh, If you'd like that instead, then just call or text us and with the word appointment and you will have opportunity to tell us which one of those you like. Great movie, Tell the World. So if you're driving, get your kids to text us, um, stop what you're doing, pull over, and, and um, don't miss this opportunity. Absolutely. So what are the numbers? So the numbers are 1-800-324-843. That's if you call in and say, appointment. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. All right. So that's that. So all right, now, next week, next week we have a, a special program. We are just taking a little break from the book of Daniel because we have an incredible and a very important program. Tell us about next week. Well, yeah, we were we were talking and uh, I think last week we mm. shared about how there's a family that uh, have gone on a media fast in our local church. And so um, we're going to try and get them to come and join us for a very special mm. episode to tell us what life is like without social media. Unbelievable. That's going to be something to listen to. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see some good biblical principles that mm. we can uh, draw from this and, and apply to our lives about how we can deal with technology in safe ways. Yeah, so you've done a little bit of research on this and you've done some sharing on this, you and your husband, Justin. Yes, um, yes. So next week, this is our program. It's going to be very practical and I think you will be extremely blessed. So especially if you've got children, mm-hmm. um, you want to be listening in to the testimony of this family and we'll, I'll pray, give some give some good tips and some good pointers on, on how you can navigate through this crazy world of social media. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So that's so that's our program for next week, folk. Um, but um, yeah, this week we are at the end of our program for another program on looking up. I hope and pray that you've been blessed as we have journeyed through the book of Daniel, through the book of Revelation, and we have discovered how God is able to raise up uh, a people. God is able to raise up a movement. Firstly, the Christian church, mm-hmm. um, and then in 1844, God's final end-time movement, the Seventh-day Adventist church, how God raised up these two movements on the back of a great disappointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that just shows that, you know, God is able to do amazing things in and through our lives if we will allow him. And so no matter what disappointment you may have had in your life in the past, uh, you can continue to look up. Because Amen. God has an appointment for each and every one of us through whatever disappointment we may have gone through or may be going through. So, folk, never forget, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. So continue to keep looking up. Great to have you this afternoon. God bless you and see you again next time. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me